Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. On today's show, Vox Talk's producer, Jeff Bremner, joins me to discuss some weird yet wonderful things you might want to know and maybe don't know about the sound from an audio engineer's point of view. Jeff is on the content team of Voices, working on some of your favorite industry podcasts like Mission Audition, VoiceOver Experts, Voice Branding, and more. Jeff is a graduate of the Ontario Institute of Audio Recording Technology and holds a Bachelor's of Computer Science with a minor in Psychology from the University of Waterloo. He's also a musician, live sound engineer, and post-production editor. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks, Stephanie. Fun to be on the other side of the table. It's literally, <laughs> yeah. you are actually, because yeah. you're not in your normal seat. Exactly. So as uh, many of you know, obviously Jeff is, is the producer of Vox Talk, so he, he next to never comes and sits in the seat where he is right now, where we yep. have a guest sit. Uh, so welcome again. This is great. Uh, and Jeff, you know, we have conversations all the time in between shows and whatnot about these cool things about audio that we just don't seem have time to tackle. And we thought, well, you know, one day we'll put together a show where that's all we do. We just yeah. talk about these things that we talk about in between. So, um, you know, obviously there's a lot more to audio than simply hearing it. And as someone who works with sound all the time, as you do, I thought it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on the way that we interact with sound in the studio and how it affects our lives. Yeah, I think it affects our lives all the time. I think it affects everybody's lives, especially these days. Sound is everywhere. It's on our phones. It's on our TV. It's on our laptops. It's it's. If you're like me, you're you're listening to something all the time. I'm always listening to a podcast or I'm always listening to music. And I think just people who work, you know, in my previous career, I was a software engineer. I was always listening to music while I was working or I was listening to a podcast in the background. Or And I think that's probably the average case. You know, most people are, are doing that, I, th- I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know a lot of my friends like to listen to music or podcasts when they're working or when they're working out. Um I think it's it's revolutionized the way that we can take in information. For me, I, I was never a reader. I'm, I'm a terrible reader. I'm so slow. <laughs> it's actually kind of embarrassing. So that's how I got. I, I think I got into sound because the way I take in my information is is just by listening. And I think we're actually seeing a lot a lot of people. That's that is how they're taking in their information now because. If you're going to sit down and read something or if you're going to sit down and watch something, that's that's so much more effort than it would be otherwise. So that's that's just that's just scratching the surface on answering the question. But that's that's my my first little take there. No, thank you for that. And it is everywhere. Sound is everywhere. And, and uh, you know, but we're going to focus in specifically on sound in the recording studio environment because everyone who's listening is probably working in that capacity, be you uh, a voice talent or whether you're a voice talent or an engineer or, or what have you, you're, you're in a place where you're in an enclosed space probably. And you're also like just trying your best to make sure that your sound is consistent from session to session and so on. So, while we're on that topic, while a recording studio can be treated to deaden a space, as in get the sound out or make it a little better, there are still factors at play that can change how audio is captured. So what are some of those and why do they matter? Yeah, that's there's a lot of these things. Um, I think, yeah, you're talking about deadening a space. And just even, even on that, I think there's a lot of misconception on what you can treat versus what you can't treat. So, for example, um, you can't treat the the car zooming by your house. Like it's 
it's going to make it through. No matter how much foam you put up, no matter how many blankets you put up, that's it's going to make it through. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir when I say, like, <laughs> there's a car that zooms by and it's really frustrating when you're in the middle of, like, your perfect take. <laughs> um, I'm sure lots of people can relate to that. So that's that's one thing um, is just knowing that there's there are some sounds that you that you can't treat. Um, but with that said, there's 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 a lot that you can do. There's gain staging. I know we recently had Bradford um, talk about talk about that. Like the most important plugin that's not a plugin, he says the gain knob, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that that's huge. Like if you're if your gain knob is too high, then you're you're going to be catching sounds that that you don't want. So that's that's one thing distance from the microphone i will say most engineers if <laughs> I, I would like i think they're looking for a very dry sound where you can't hear the room so if you can hear the room in your recording that's that's something that you that you want to work on other materials in the room will will affect the sound so the bigger the uh, the bigger those materials in your room are the more important they are so like a floor for instance yeah. if you have i don't know tile floor or yes. ceramic or something yeah, no, get a carpet. Yeah, okay, <laughs> or, okay. Or get a rug. Yeah. I actually like rugs more than carpets because you can you can actually remove the rug. Mm-hmm. It's not um, permanent, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not permanent and, and carpets can get dirty. So I am I like I like hardwood, but I also I like a good I like a good rug on top of it because that that's going to take out a lot of the room mm-hmm. and the sound. Another thing that I think is worth considering is whether you're using headphones or not and how do they hear yourself or how do you hear yourself? Is it delayed? Because, you know, if, if you're monitoring yourself through the DAW, then your voice has to go into your computer, get processed by the computer, and then come back out the computer. So that's going to add some, or it could add some some noticeable delay. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can actually fix that by monitor, monitoring from your audio interface as opposed to your, your actual DAW if you're finding delay when you're uh, monitoring yourself. Um, so touching on latency when recording, so... This this might be a little bit more relevant for for recording music, um, because there's lots of plugins and lots of effects going on. But if you're working in a session that has a lot of plugins, um, that's going to add latency. So that can affect how you your recording sounds um, simply because you are coming in late, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like you're you're you know maybe a hundred milliseconds late on your recording, and that that that'll feed back into your performance. Um, so those are some of the things that I think you can consider when, um, treating a room and how you're capturing your audio. That's great. Well, just, there's, there's a lot going on in a recording studio. Like just looking at ours here, voices. Yes. We've got <laughs> a floor that clearly is, uh, a, some kind of a tile type floor. Um, then there's this huge blue area rug, which is great. Yep. Um, because again, it. it could, uh, be changed out, you know, yep. whatever, um, and then we've got all of these acoustic panels all around here. Um, the room was actually an old elevator shaft. So, really? yeah. That's so every- cool. It is. So, <laughs> so in the Bell Building where we are, the you know, the 100 Dundas in London uh, here, uh, essentially, like, they had thought that this building would be 
taller than it mm. would be. And so these shafts were put in in case they built more, um, but they never did. So, you know, you've got your eight floors here at 100 yeah. Dundas. And uh, yeah, instead of this being just a little off to the side area to kind of store things, we actually repurposed it and made it a studio. So a lot of people listening are probably thinking, oh, well, you know, can you turn anywhere into a studio? Well, the answer might be yes, if you, you treat it appropriately, right? Yeah, I just, just kind of going off of that, actually, at that school at OIART, um, that you mentioned I went to, uh, one of the recording studios was actually an old meat locker. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which it's, it, and if you think about it, a meat locker mm -hmm. is actually a really good shell for a studio because yeah. it's got that, it's got that door that is supposed to have an airtight seal yes. because it's supposed to be like a fridge. Mm -hmm. Um, and an airtight seal is really great for a recording studio. And so, you just line the inside with with foam, and there it, it came with a window. So the window is actually looking out to the to the producer desk, mm -hmm. so you can <laughs> make eye contact with the talent while they're recording. So um, I just love how every studio can have can have one of those interesting stories. And I didn't know this was an elevator shaft, so. It, it makes me appreciate it more. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of a strange idea. But that's essentially, this was a, an old galley kitchen, basically, this whole area where the Voices Museum is. So, like, literally, you can take anything, anybody out there who's trying to figure out where to put their studio. So long as it's well-treated, you've got good ventilation and, um, and a whole host of other things I'm sure we're going to talk about today or in a future episode. So um, I, when I was talking to you about this, Jeff, about this whole idea of deadening a space, but there's still being factors at play that you might not expect could affect your recording. Just wanted to mention a number of years ago, one of the talent that I was talking to, he said, uh, you know, I had been recording this audiobook, and, uh, you know, after listening back after a while, like he noticed that the audio was actually changing from section to section to section of this audiobook. And he's like, well, what's going on? And, and eventually he figured out that it was because he was drinking, I don't know, his coffee or water or whatever, but it was in a stainless steel mug. And so every time he took a sip, it drew down the volume levels of the liquid in the cup, and that actually affected how everything sounded. And so it's like, well, go back and re-record, I guess, right? Do all this and in an audiobook. That's kind of a nightmare to have to do. Yeah. But, but um, you know, hopefully you caught it early. Point being is, why does this happen? Like, what is the scientific reason for, for why the sound is changing because the volume of liquid went down in, in the stainless steel cup? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a, there's a pretty simple explanation. And I... That cup, I feel like, would have to be pretty close to the microphone in, in order for it to, to really matter. Um, because that is a pretty small object. Yeah, well, just think of, look at where the water is now, right? Yeah. Uh, everybody, I just put my water down, listen. Okay? Yeah. And so, like, it's like really, you know, you're in front of the microphone, you got your pop filter, whatever, and then your hands, if they naturally go down from, like, I've just put them up beside your ears and then bring them down, they're going to just fall right beside the microphone on either side, right? Mm -hmm. So, I that's see, probably yes. where, like, I don't think someone was reaching yes. to get, so it could yes. very well be that. Yeah, and, and stainless steel, like, that's a pretty reflecty type surface mm -hmm. um i could you know we could look it up and, and quantify how reflected it is if we want maybe to. someone out there knows they yeah, can get back to us yeah someone i mean i'm sure if we googled it <laughs> yeah something out there would tell us how reflecty it is but um my my intuition is telling me that it that it is very reflecty <laughs> and i'm making up a word here but i think we get the point right and it it, it, it is just it, it's a classic example of that that beer bottle you know when you when you have that beer bottle or, you know, whatever bottle it is that has, mm -hmm. has uh, a, a small diameter on the top, 
if you just blow on it and it, it has a resonant frequency, right? And then if you drink more and then you blow on it again, it's going to be a different note. So it's mm-hmm. it's basically like that. His his or her voice was, you know, hitting hitting the inside of of that mug and bouncing around and then those reflections were making it into the microphone and at different different frequencies as mm-hmm. as you're drinking more and more liquid that's mm-hmm. th- that'll affect the recording right. it's going to give it a little bit of uh comb filtering is and, i guess the technical term oh okay and <laughs> yeah. hydration is a good thing so i don't want yes. anyone to stop drinking no. the water because no. <laughs> you might want to put a, like a lid on it though like depending on what kind of a cup you have so um but yeah this this happens all the time like you go and you refill something it doesn't have to be in a glass bottle it could be just in anything but like as the volume fills up in that vessel that you have your cup uh the tone the pitch actually changes as it gets closer like that's why i never look at when i'm filling the water with my my um, swell water bottle here because like I know that when it hits a certain frequency I need to stop mm-hmm. right so anyway <laughs> yeah, kind of funny little great. asides here right <laughs> so as we uh, all go and refill our water bottles let's move on to our next point so um, this is a big issue I think for a lot of people because they they want to sound good all the time and you want to be consistent so how is it that you can have consistent audio from session to session yeah that's 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 a really great question and that's that's something that I you know, I'm continuing to answer for myself at my own home studio. Thinking about consistent audio, like I think that's that's a really that's a really good start. But I think we could even take a, like a different like a step back even further and look at the bigger picture, which is like how easy is it for you to walk up to your studio setup and start recording? So that's the question that I'm asking myself. I want as little amount of friction as possible when I go to record. I want to be able to walk into my studio and sit down and like flick a couple of switches and I'm like ready to go. That's Mm -hmm. like my dream scenario. And when you're trying to accomplish that as a side effect, you'll probably have more consistent audio Mm -hmm. because you're getting rid of things that are barriers to starting your session. So but if if we're if we're thinking about just consistent audio, you you really need to identify electrical devices that are going to get in the way. It's, you know, sometimes there might be a fan. Your computer is actually a, a pretty big culprit, like especially if it's like a little bit of an older computer like the one that I have at home. Like the fan goes off and it sounds like, you know, you're uh, you're about to take off on a flight. So, yeah, computers, if you can, if you have a booth, try to get the computer out of the room mm-hmm. um, and run some cables to your monitor and run some cables to your, your speakers or your headphones. Um, so that's one thing that you can do there's your signal to noise ratio, which is something that's that's worth considering, right? Like if if you can hear whatever's going on in your background, then but like between your voice lines, you, you might want to address that um, because that's that's going to be the thing that that the client's going to kind of complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> what about like presets in a session? Like if you have the same. Um, kind of basis, the foundation you're starting from. Because if you don't touch your microphone, mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, um, add something big, shiny, and metallic in your room and yeah. create some other imbalance there, yeah. then then if everything is business as usual, what can you do on the tech, the software side mm. to ensure that everything is uniform from session to session? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So um, definitely, like, just make a template. <laughs> yeah. Like, make a template, like, and... 
revisit that like i have a template for you and like i just drop i just drop your voice in and like i know it like sounds good all the time Mm -hmm. and like you have well i hope (laughs) i think it sounds good um you have a vocal chain so i have an eq and i i roll everything off for you 70 hertz is a high pass filter and at about thirteen thousand uh hertz i have a, a low pass filter um for you and then i have a compressor for you i have i and i use tokyo dawn labs plugins for anybody who's listening who's these are free and these are amazing replacements for super expensive fab filter plugins i find um just a little plug there so yes have a template if you don't have a template yet every time you do a recording just do a little bit of experimenting and just pick one thing like say today i'm going to try and get like my eq right and it shouldn't be complicated. It, like your chain is like super simple. And also just try to get like the best recording up front. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a garbage in, garbage out sort of thing. Yeah. Right? So that's I think what we all want to avoid <laughs> is, is garbage in, garbage out. Yes. Which for the uninitiated means that if what you've recorded doesn't sound really good at all, um, there is no amount of fixing that you can do to make it sound any better because it's what you've put in there is what's unfortunately in the system. So we all want to be avoiding that. Yeah. I will, I will say like, as you know, working, working as working on a lot of podcasts, there are times where you do get like not very good recordings that are clipping all over the place, but there are things I do think there are things that you can do to make it more palatable, you know, like, (laughs) put sauce on a, on a really bad sandwich or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you, you can, you can do things to like make it more palatable and like you can, you can make cuts or you can use a gate, but you know, it, it's, it's all polishing something that, that, that doesn't sound the greatest to begin with. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just one more thing for um, consistent audio from session to session. I will say take breaks mm-hmm. that can't be overstated. It's so, especially like when you're, when you're mixing or, or editing like that that's more applicable to me and i'm sure taking breaks as a voiceover is is massively important as well but when you're doing the editing even take breaks because your ears will get tired and there's there's just no way around that and you know just powering through and powering through ear fatigue is is it's not fun sometimes you have to you have to do it but try to avoid <laughs> getting in those situations if if you can as much as possible and taking breaks is also just important for for the health of your hearing because um, you know if you're having a longer session it's easier just to keep turning that volume knob up and you you don't realize how far you've come until like the end of the day and then you, and then you look and you and you think oh my goodness like <laughs> that volume came up a lot so to to prevent that just take take the breaks yeah and mm-hmm. and also remember how loud you set something and set a loud limit for yourself. That's another thing that I think is actually really important and will will actually feed into consistent audio because if you keep listening at different volumes, that's that'll actually change how you're perceiving things and, you know, can impact your consistency. Yeah, great tips. And so if someone <laughs> would be like me who is completely technically, you know, not not as skilled, we'll say, or not even as aware of what is too loud or not too loud. Or what. Can you have someone else listen to um, your files and say, you should be listening to them at 
X decibels or like, is there a way at this setting you want to listen to at number five instead of at seven or like just for those who are not as able to uh, determine on their own? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, for me, when I listen with my headphones on my Apple laptop, I do not go above four, four dots. So like when you when you press the volume button, like you can see the little speaker icon comes up and then I don't go above four dots with headphones. And that's that's at an audio recording that's that's been been normalized, you know, like a commercial audio recording will not go louder than four dots. Sometimes like, you know, if you're working with with a raw recording, it's it's not commercially loud. Right. So, you know, obviously it goes up from there. Or I, I turn up the volume more from there. But if I was going to send it to a friend, you could you could do the exact same thing. And they have an Apple laptop. You could say, put your headphones on and listen to it at four dots, right? Because mm. then 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 you can be pretty sure that they're that they're experiencing um, approximately the same loudness as you. They they will be using different headphones than you, probably, maybe. That is one way that you can get people to listen at the same loudness. So. Yeah, that's a great tangible, I can do this right now tip. So thank you. That, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so like, um, obviously we talk about all kinds of strange and wonderful things about audio, but uh, another wonder of the audio world would be the anechoic chamber. And I know I've <laughs> seen these, I've I've never been in one, but it kind of looks a bit petrifying, you yeah. know, to be honest with you. So <laughs> what can you tell us about these? Like, I'm sure there are people, they've heard of them, but they don't quite know what they are. Yeah, so an anechoic chamber is it's basically a room um, that is as acoustically isolated from the outside world as, as as much as possible. So no sound, theoretically, no sound from the outside should be coming in. Um, and no sound on the inside will bounce. So every, every room that, every normal room <laughs> that a person goes into um, will, will have some amount of reflections, even this room. You can't hear them very much because it's this, you know, been pretty well treated, this room. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, thank you, Bob Breen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. It's, it's, it sounds amazing in here, and I, and I love that. So, um, but yes, an anechoic chamber um, has no, functionally no reflections. So you can pop a balloon inside an anechoic chamber, and it sounds so small. <laughs> Because because a lot of what what makes a balloon pop loud is actually the the reflections on the wall. Like imagine popping a balloon inside of like a parking garage versus an anechoic chamber. <laughs> inside mm-hmm. a parking garage, it's going to sound like a, a massive explosion, but inside an ex, uh, anechoic chamber, it's um, just a one very quick transient. So the noise floor is is insanely low. I, I don't have an actual um, sound pressure level measurement I can give you. Yeah, there's a very low noise floor. And after after a human becomes acclimatized to uh, an echoic chamber, they can actually hear the insides of their own body. So you become, yeah, it's really interesting. You, you become very aware of like everything that's going on inside your body because the noise floor of every other room is is louder than your internal functioning, like your internal body. <laughs> like you bodily. hear your heartbeat, you yeah, hear your you'll... breathing and exactly. the circulatory system going. Yes. Yeah, which freaks people out, to be honest It would freak me out. It's yeah. it, it feels a little bit uncomfortable to think about. Um, it, it might be a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see yeah, what it's yeah. like. 
Yeah. Oh, goodness. You'd have to be a real, real audio geek to want to go and just be like, I'm, you know, it's like people who want to go into space, right? It's like, yeah. no, I want to go in an anechoic chamber. It's like, you know, <laughs> zero gravity, not for me, but I'd yeah. like to hear, you know. So, like, I don't know. There are a lot of people out there who um, may have had the experience. Be sure to let us know if you've actually been in one. Some of you may work in these environments. They're, they're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know the purpose of them. I don't know why they exist. Yeah, no, the purpose actually... Um from my perspective, like imagine you have a set of speakers and you want to get an accurate reading of what's coming out of those speakers, like frequency response, right? So that's one. So it's it's a way to, it's like, it's an environment to, to accurately measure what is happening acoustically because in the recording and, you know, production world in terms of audio, like you want what's called a a critical listening environment which when what that means is your listening environment should not color the sound in any way and an anechoic chamber is as close to a perfect listening environment that you can you can get so that's what it's oh, there for. Okay, so it's like a test environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's oh, like a okay. test environment. And, that you know, makes sense now. Yeah, and manufacturers need to say like this. You know, it produces these frequencies mm. at, at you know at these levels. So, right. Yeah. 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 That okay. Now that makes a great deal of sense because it's like why build such a freaky little place? Um, <laughs> you know, and sometimes they're very large places. Um, but yep. anyway, yeah, I'm glad to know that there are actual you know commercial applications of why they exist. It's not just some fun science experiment, right? Yeah. No, that's good. Okay. Well, now that we've got anechoic chambers out of the way, um, and I'm sure we've all learned a lot, and, and uh, please feel free to go and Google and find out more information about anechoic chambers on your own. Um, we're going to move on to our next weird yet wonderful thing that audio does that we had no idea that it did. So, so Jeff, there's there's got to be something else. What do you got? Yeah, no, I have, let's see, sound can travel four times faster in water. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's... That's um actually that's just because the water is more dense. Uh, uh, that's my understanding. It <laughs> is is water is more dense, so it's 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 easier for sound to travel huh. in in water. I, I guess um, it's easier for the wave to propagate, um, which is why I guess like dolphins. I don't know the exact fact, but like dolphins can hear sound from like some really far distance away. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Um, Low frequencies will penetrate surfaces more readily than high frequencies. So again, that's why your car, like you, you know, when when somebody starts a car outside of your house or or your apartment or whatever, you can hear, you're hearing all the low frequency information. You're not hearing the high frequency. And like for example, you're walking downtown at night and you hear, you walk by a club, and you hear, you know, all you hear is that booming mm-hmm. stuff coming out of the club. So. That's why, or that's an, that's an example of low frequencies penetrating surfaces more readily than yeah, high. more bassy sounds. You'll hear like exactly the, the kind of yeah when a car speeds by you, you hear their their noise from like the beat, yeah. but you don't hear necessarily the lyric or the yes exactly anything like that. It's just kind of like okay, so basically you're cutting out the top and all you get is the bottom of the. Yep. Frequency, yeah. Exactly. Okay, that's interesting. So what else? I, I know that there's um, some other things for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so why does your, this is one of your favorite ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is why why does st- your studio become so hot? Um, well, because when the sound hits a surface, its energy is 
reflected, absorbed, and also converted into heat. So depending on the surface that it touches, it's going to reflect more than absorb. And then anytime a sound hits a surface, some amount of that energy is, is converted to heat. So um, the less reflecty, again, that word mm-hmm. I'm making up, the, sure. the less reflecty your surface is, the more it's going to absorb. And so when it gets absorbed, that, that energy gets converted into heat. So that is one of the reasons why your studio is so hot. The other reason is you probably have some lights in there and mm-hmm. those can get really hot too. Yeah. Well, yeah. just all the, the people out there, because, uh, you know, never fails. It doesn't have to be summer. It could be any time of year. But you see talent online, usually in their social channels, talking about how, oh, it's so hot in my studio and mm-hmm. I'm dying in here. And and then they'll have like ice, you know, around mm-hmm. or they'll, uh, you know, try to get some ventilation going or I don't know. There's there's different fixes that people are doing for, for trying to stay cooler in their studio environment. But um, like, cause obviously if you've got air conditioning going, then that's going to get into your recording, right? Yeah. So you have to find some inventive ways, but just to know that sound itself emits heat mm-hmm. is just yeah. a whole other, like, oh, I didn't know that. And this totally explains why it is that, that maybe it's, it's warmer in this moment when you open the door and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, freedom, right? <laughs> and you could say something like that, but it just seems like there's a lot of talent and um, maybe you can answer this question too, but we're in a fairly large space yeah. for a studio, right? Yeah. But if someone's in their closet or if someone is in a smaller, like a little booth, let's, I don't know, like not going to throw around brand names, but let's say they've got a booth that yes. they're in, um, that's going to be even hotter, right? Like, I mean, is it is it sound, is, there's still the same amount of sound being made, yep. but it's a smaller space and it's more concentrated. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it will get hotter faster than this room. Yeah, <laughs> and this no, room I is already least. getting a little bit hot. So yeah, kudos to the voice actors, by the way, yeah. who who are who are toughing it out in those those summer months, especially when it gets really hot. Um, that's not easy, guys. So mm-hmm. kudos kudos to you. Um, but yeah, how how can we ventilate it? Um, yeah, the the that's that that's a challenge for sure. Um, ice actually, I think that's actually a, a, pr- a pretty good option. Like getting, getting some ice packs, those things don't make sound. Mm-hmm. And, um, maybe, I don't know if this would work, but maybe if you had like a cooler, like that was, was full of ice. I mean, it's not the most sustainable thing, but no ideas. <laughs> They're all ideas. I, of course. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, know. yeah. If you freeze, I know if like, if you freeze like rice or like you get like a bag of rice, like mm. or that, that, that can make sound. Yeah, I know. Isn't that well? That's the whole thing. This whole podcast is about what is making sound in weird and wonderful yeah. ways that maybe shouldn't be happening because yeah. you just don't think about it. So, like for instance, before you come into the studio, every time you come into the studio, think, "Oh my goodness, I have to only wear um, an outfit that does not make noise." Right, and yeah. so um, that's got to be a struggle. I don't know how many ladies are listening. This is like a major struggle for you, but you're going into a studio, like external, yeah. not your home, so you can't wear your whatever you typically have, uh, sweatpants or whatever. But you know, you want to wear something nice, and mm-hmm. and but you're going to make noise potentially. So someone has got to have a clothing line for this. Like <laughs> honestly, by this point, people in voiceover, if someone has not decided to use their entrepreneurial brain to make clothing for a studio, um, then uh, I'd be happy to to uh, give you that idea right now. It's yours. Go take it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be that person. Uh, but but yeah, just like all these little things you got to think about. 
You know, yeah. I had to stay cool in the studio. I'm just thinking back to a, a past episode where David Kaplan was on and he was talking about when he first built his own like kind of isolation booth in there. And and just this, this scenario was probably summer. I'm, I'm t- everyone go back and listen uh, a long ways back as David was one of our first guests on the show. Um, that he was describing just how hot it was and, yeah. like, you know, wear layers so that you can take a jacket off or something or wear shorts and T-shirt basically going on right here is shorts and t-shirt. Um, but you know, like in sandals actually. So nice. there's a little, yeah, little another hot. way to kind of, yeah, weird <laughs> things happen with heat and sound. So yeah. you just have to, you know, do what you can. So yeah. anyway, on that note, we want to be comfortable in the studio. And sometimes that's to do with the temperature of the studio, right? Like yep. what we just talked about. But other times it's also like how we set up the environment that we're in and how that might affect us and our ability to focus. Yeah, absolutely. So physical clutter and um, other other messes in your in your studio can definitely impact your your performance, in, in my opinion, honestly, because I, I think, you know, a room isn't just a room. A room is in, in informing you um, what what you should be doing in that room. Like when I come into this recording studio, I know that there should be recording happening in here. Mm-hmm. So for some people, like for example, that might be working out of their closet, they might have clothes in there. It it's it's not kind of mentally like by walking in there, it's not as obvious that it's a recording mm-hmm. space. So doing things that make it super obvious that it's a recording space, I think actually can help get your mind into that attitude of I'm recording. And the other thing is if there's visually distracting things um, like, you know, your phone in front of you or, you know, like you're, you're in the middle of a read and like you see a notification go off in your phone, for example, that's, that's just going to distract you. So stuff like that is, is important to consider. And um, just, just, other things in this room before we had a lot of other things in here and for me it was kind of kind of a it's it's my own pet peeve <laughs> but you know for you Stephanie you said oh it's okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and True. then and I took it out and then you you actually said after oh this is this is nice mm-hmm. you know we we had a bunch of other gear in here we had lights we had camera stands we had microphones that weren't being used so you know we, we we decided to clean that all up and it's to me it just it just feels like it's a lot easier to focus on on what you what you should be doing and when there's not other things in your in your visual field like you're you're not thinking about anything else Right. And you're not hitting anything else either because that was the other danger, right? It's yeah, like you put your arm out like as I do yeah. and and like, you know, boom, there's a mic stand. Ouch, you know, and yeah. you don't want to be doing that. So, um, no, thank you again for, for doing that uh, because it does. And it's so funny because like, you know, some people have a different threshold for what they think is messy mm-hmm. or, um, yes, you know, or sure. distracting or what yep. have you, right? And and um, yeah, but now that that space has opened up and, and it's literally opened up, like as in there's nothing there other than cabling on the wall and, and the acoustic treatment, it does make a difference. So for anyone who's in a studio and you think, oh, that mess doesn't really bother me, see what you can do about cleaning it up and, and, yeah. and it might make a difference just subconsciously. It yeah. might just completely like give you a sense of, of more comfort level, you know, recording. It, I, I used to be one of those non-believers where I would think, oh, <laughs> this mess doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And 
I would challenge yourself. <laughs> if, if you're one of those people out there, I would, I would challenge yourself because I thought I was one of those people. And then I started addressing those things, you know, just little messes here and there. And it, it just makes a big difference. And, and you're just going to feel so much better being in your recording studio. You're going to want to be there more. Just, just try it. Yeah. Well, that's just <laughs> it. They have to experiment and yeah. see because, well, maybe it doesn't make a difference to you or yeah, maybe it does. Maybe and not. it could be that, that simple thing you can do. And that isn't hard. We can all do these things. Everyone knows how to tidy up, you know, the 10-second tidy or whatever you want to do. Just do something. Um, and and make sure that you have a space that you feel comfortable in, that you're not tripping over cables in, mm-hmm. that you're not, um, I don't know, blinded by the light in. Because that's got to be a factor, too. Like, how bright is your screen? Sure. How, like, There's many ways to become fatigued when you're in the studio. Yes. And one, of course, that we haven't mentioned a lot is vocally you can be vocally fatigued. And so that's another good reason to take some breaks, to have your water to hydrate an hour before, um, to always be conscious of that, to get a good night's sleep beforehand. Come on, people, mm. like, don't be up till 2 or 3 a.m., you know, yep. and then expect to sound amazing at 9. It's not going to happen. Uh, so just thinking about all that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it's allergy season. I don't know when this is going to go out. So uh, like, if this goes out, say, September or whatever we're recording, mid-July, then it's ragweed. So it's still allergy season for somebody. Yeah. Um, but but just being aware of how the um, air coming inside your studio, but also just the allergens you're exposed to in just regular life. And mm-hmm. then so, you know, just um, that can affect um, the sound you know, that you make. It, it isn't necessarily the sound of the recording equipment. It's it's what's being captured. So, um, but yeah, I think that a lot of talent do struggle with the allergies. Some use neti pots, some use some other way of rinsing, like a, a nasal rinse. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and, I use one of those and I'm not even a voice talent. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's some, yeah. some good stuff there. You talk to your doctor about everybody. That's one of those doctor things. So um, yes. at any rate, uh, we've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. I know that based on notes that you've made, there's probably a lot more material for another day. Yep. Um, but that said, everybody, if you enjoyed the way that we went about this episode and you like these kind of off-the-cuff um, conversations that we might have, then um, let us know because I'll have Jeff back on again or maybe ask someone else at Voices if they'd like to pop in and share more about their area of expertise and just yeah. have a nice little chat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of different lenses that we that we have here at Voices, right? Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Jeff. It's been a real pleasure to have you here sitting as talent, which I know is a stretch and very different for you. Yeah. But thank you for sitting down and having a wonderful chat and sharing your insight today. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So (laughs) as I was saying, um, you produce a lot of different content here at Voices. Now, what are some of the shows that you're working on and how can people find them? Well, that's that's a great question. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned on the intro, we got Mission Audition, VoiceOver Experts, Voice Branding, and Vox Talk, and um, also just some YouTube content that I'm working on. So, yes, all of those podcast titles you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can find Voices YouTube just by searching. You should be able to search Voices.com on YouTube and you'll find us. Um, I know I've done it a million times. <laughs> so, yeah. so you know it's there. Yeah, yeah, I know it's there. And we do actually have our newer YouTube channel where a lot of our client-facing content is going to be. Oh. Yes. So that is YouTube um, branding through audio. And okay. that's where you can find the voice branding podcast and other client-facing content that we'll be working on. Mm-hmm. So if you're on the client side and you are in the production industry, um, check it out. 
we got some really cool stuff up on there. And if you want to contact me personally, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search, just search Jeff Bremner, G-E-O-F-F, G-O-F. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people, you could call me G-O-F. A lot of people call me G-O-F. So yeah, Jeff Bremner on LinkedIn, B-R-E, M as in mango, N as in nectar, E-R. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I think people will be finding you. I know that Jeff does post some neat stuff and, and you uh, have a lot of great conversations actually with a number of, of people who've been on the show. And, yeah. and it's wonderful to see all of this neat um, interconnectivity with everybody in the industry. So yes, well, Jeff, thank you again very much for coming on the show. And I guess that's a wrap. Yeah, perfect. perfect. So, and that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. A huge thank you to our special guest, Jeff Bremner, for giving us a new way to think about the audio we produce and the sounds we're surrounded by. If you enjoyed this episode, you can reach me at stephanieavoices.com. We get some of our best show ideas from Vox Talk listeners just like you. So from Voices, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. Vox Talk is produced by Jeff Bremner, who happened to be our talent today as well. Well, thank you again for spending time with us and we'll see you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.